Hello everyone, welcome to a new day. Uh, we're carrying on in Hebrews 12 today where the writer moves on to encourage the people to keep going and support one another in their faith. So it's uh, Hebrews 12, uh, 12, verses 12 to 15. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupt, corrupting many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, the people are encouraged by the words to take a new grip or to strengthen your hands and your weak knees, to mark out a straight path for your feet. There, uh, for those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. To live in peace with all, to live a holy life. Those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other and watch out for bitterness and corruption. Well, let's try and unpack the, what these verses mean with a little help from my Bible study notes, my Bible notes. Um, so verses 12 to 13, let me read that to you again. Take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Well, we should, Bible notes says, we should think of God as not only a disciplining parent, but also an Olympic-style coach who pushes us to our limits and requires discipline so we will win the reward of heaven. Although we may not feel strong enough to push on to victory, we will be able to accomplish it as we follow Christ and trust him to strengthen our grip. Then we can use our growing strength to help those around us who are weak and struggling. We must not go forward with only our own survival in mind. Others will follow our example and we have a responsibility to them if we are living for Christ as we claim to be. So does your example clear the path of stumbling blocks and make the way easier for others to follow Christ and keep going? Do you raise the morale of others by demonstrating your grip on the promises of God? Or do those who follow you end up confused and misled? Your encouragement can strengthen them, show them that God knows what he is doing and teach them how to cooperate with his plans and trust in his promises. And in verse 14, it says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. How can we be holy? The original readers of this letter were familiar 
with the Jewish ceremonial cleansing ritual that prepared them for worship, and they knew that they had to be holy or clean in order to enter the temple. Sin always blocks our vision of God. So if we want to see him, we must renounce sin and obey him. In God, holy means morally perfect. In us, it means morally clean, set aside for his service. And we've talked about how being holy means being set apart. This holy living will result in peaceful living. A good relationship with God leads to good relationships with fellow believers. Rather than pursuing peace, we often strike out at others who are abrasive or offensive to us. Although we will not always feel loving toward all other believers, we must pursue peace as we become more Christ-like. Well, I'm, I have to say I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, that mostly in our church uh, that we are very um, kind and loving to one another and there aren't very many um, squabbles as far as I can remember. Uh, God is good and uh, he has taught us so much about supporting one another and being there for one another. And um, we thank him for that. And let's continue to pray that that will be our central core, that we that what comes out of us is our care and love for one another. And, you know, when we ruffle one another's feathers, as inevitably as human beings, it happens that we can um, put that behind us and move on as uh, we so uh, we often seem to do. Um, so take encouragement that as uh, those who are at Christ Church, that uh, you are particularly good at getting along and encouraging one another and long may that be so and then in verse 15 we're told uh, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you corrupting many now bear in mind what I've just said but then just also remember we know that none of us are perfect and we all have our foibles. But here um, the writer talks about the poisonous root of bitterness that can be interpreted in two ways. Number one, when Moses renewed the covenant with the people of Israel, he warned them about the root that bears bitter and poisonous fruit in Deuteronomy chapter 29 verses 18 to 19. He referred to the act of turning to false gods and stubbornly following the desires of their hearts. So when we lose sight of the grace of God, the bitter root of unbelief can grow. And the bitter root of bitterness can be interpreted in this second way. This verse also teaches people to avoid bitterness that springs up in their hearts and minds. A poisonous root of bitterness comes when we allow disappointment with God or others to grow into resentment or when we nurse grudges over past hurts or unmet desires. Bitterness brings with it jealousy, anger, dissension and immorality. 
Be alert for it in your own life and help others deal with it as well. Because we all come across people who are burdened by hurt and anger and bitterness uh, from past uh, things in their lives. But we need to help others deal with it as we learn to deal with it ourselves. So every time you feel hurt by someone, immediately ask the Holy Spirit to take care of the bitterness so it does not poison you. And if we've ever seen anybody who is bitter, it is poisonous because they are just hurting themselves and they're turning on themselves because bitterness just eats away at you. So as Christians, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us because we can allow that to take um, to take over in us as well. But for now, for today, we learn from this that we hold on to the instruction to look after each other and encourage one another in the faith. So let's uh, continue to do that as we journey on. Amen. Lord, we thank you for another day. We ask that you would walk alongside us, whatever we're doing. Help us to live in peace with all people. Help us through the power of the Spirit to live and develop a holy life. Help us to love and support one another in our church family and keep our hearts from holding on to pain and anger that can so easily lead to bitterness. Pour your spirit of love upon us and in us. Help and equip us to share that love in the broken world we live in. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come to us, Holy One, even in our times of resistance. Work within us and through us, even when we wrestle with doubt and despair. Enlighten and guide us, even in our darkest hours. Bless us and call us by name, even when we reject your presence. Hold us and love us, even when we try to run away. When we feel beat down by the world and are weary with fatigue and sorrow, nourish us with your mercy and your grace. Fill us with your love that we may go forth with confidence and faith. In your mighty name, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In our parish today, we pray for the area dean, Katia Shoesmith, uh, for our deanery, for the Halifax and Calder Valley Deanery. And we pray, Lord, that as that every church that is represented in our deanery and in near each and every one of us listening today, that every church represented here in this group of us uh, digging into your word 
that you would give wisdom and guidance and strength uh, for the decisions that have to be made in terms of um, opening up and all those things. And um, please do uh, check out the uh, notice sheet on Sunday because um, we'll be able to tell you a little bit more about uh, dates when we might be able to do that at Christchurch. But Lord, we just want to pray for all uh, the churches represented here today. May they be places of hope, beacons in the darkness of the situation at the moment. May we be beacons of hope as we seek to do your will and your way in our parishes. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And in our parish today, we pray for those on Bentley Mount, Boggart Lane, Bolton Brow, Bridge Street, Bright Street, Burnley Road, Byron Avenue and Byron Street. Come Holy Spirit and be in those places. Draw near to those who are lonely and isolated. May they know your presence with them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God's, uh, we say together, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And so, let us remember that God's strength is enough. Christ's forgiveness is sure. Through God's strength and Christ's grace, we are blessed, we are loved, and we are made whole. I want to finish with the words uh, attributed to St. Columba. Lord, be thou a bright flame before me. Be thou a guiding star above me. Be thou a smooth path below me. Be thou a kindly shepherd behind me. Today, tonight, and forever. I'm going to say that again. Lord, be thou a bright flame before me. Be thou a guiding star above me. Be thou a smooth path below me. Be thou a kindly shepherd behind me, today, tonight, 
and forever. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you evermore. Amen. So have a lovely and blessed day, everyone, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.